Hi, Elliot Roger here. Well, this is my last video. It all has to come to this. Tomorrow is the day of retribution. The day in which I will have my revenge against humanity. Against all of you. For the last eight years of my life, ever since I've hit puberty, I've been forced to endure an existence of loneliness, rejection, and unfulfilled desires, all because girls have never been attracted to me. Girls gave their affection and sex and love to other men, but never to me. I'm 22 years old, and I'm still a virgin. I've never even kissed a girl. I've been through college for two and a half years, more than that actually, and I'm still a virgin. It has been very torturous. College is the time when everyone experiences those things such as sex and fun and, and pleasure. But in those years I've had to rot in loneliness. It's not fair. You girls have never been attracted to me. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me, but I will punish you all for it. It's an injustice, a crime, because I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy. And yet you throw yourselves at all these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman. Punish all of you for it. <laughs> Alright, what's up everybody and welcome to episode number 134 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Thursday. What? Thursday? Have we ever done a podcast on a Thursday? I know, it sounds crazy, but it's happening. Uh, Thursday, March 28th, 2019, and the cold weather has still not fucked off in my part of the woods, Jacksonville, well, Florida. Well, for me, it has. has I just, it? I'm just dealing with yo-yo weather. Yes. Where it's gloomy and rainy one day, and then it's sunny, and the sky is blue, and there's fluffy clouds, and there's no rain in sight the next day. I'm just... Well, it is yo-yo weather here too, I guess, but like it's airing on the uh, let's stay uh, annoyingly cold side. Like it's it's just cold enough for it to not be winter and all, you know, whatever. Um, well, I should say it's just warm enough for it to not be like this winter wonderland. Not that it ever is in Florida anyway, but it's just cold enough to piss you off to where you have to like wear sweaters and this, that, and the other. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I'm just picturing Josh in a in a hand knit sweater. Oh, I thought you were gonna go somewhere totally different with that. No, somewhere hot and salacious. <laughs> no, no, just an ugly Christmas sweater. Mike, do you ever have fantasies with, like, about Robert me? Stack with Robert Stack, like a like a stitched Robert Stack? Mike, you're, you're 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 dodging the question. Do you ever have fantasies about me? Absolutely not. Come on, like not sexual fantasies, you pervert. <laughs> just just fantasies of us uh, like uh, say like at a park and I'm pushing you in a swing and no uh, <laughs> oh. do you 
No, no, I don't. Exactly. <laughs> but now that I've just brought it up, I'm thinking about starting those <laughs> fantasies. I don't know what's going on, guys. This is a uh, this is a podcast that me and Mike have been hosting uh, what since '93. <laughs> I think 1993 is when we first started this podcast, and um, it's about the show um, Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> I don't think podcasts were around back then, so. Mike, um, why do you always have to stick a needle right inside my fucking <laughs> bubble? My my world. That I, look, when I put these headphones on, the world is whatever I create. Okay, uh, I'm trying to be more like Elliot Rogers, which is who we're talking about today. The father of all incels, folks. And if you don't know what an incel is, it's an involuntary celibate. It's a person, usually male who has a horrible personality and treats women like sexual objects and thinks his lack of sex comes from being, quote, ugly, when it's really just his blatant sexism and terrible attitude. Incels have little to no self-awareness. Even when they see other, quote, ugly men with girlfriends, they consider these men to be tricksters who have somehow beat the system and can get women despite being cursed with unattractiveness. In other words, they're respectful to women, and women are attracted to their personalities, but incels can't comprehend such a phenomenon. They believe that women owe them sex, and many of the more extreme incels like to spend time in incel communities on the internet, coming yep. up with ways to make women have sex with them, often involving genocide of people of color, genocide of chads, which is apparently men who have sex, um... <laughs> taking rights away from women, raping them, having sex with women's dead. But whoa, that, that got dark. So, yeah. so yeah, this is uh, a, a pretty much what an incel is. It is a derogatory term to call someone an incel. You do not want to be an incel. But with that being said, Elliot Rogers is... Elliot Rogers is the premier incel. And David Miscavige has to tell you that. Now, um... <laughs> this this dude whew. just prime grade a prime cut incel now some of you may remember elliot rogers as the youtube uh murderer the guy yeah. who made youtube videos uh that were unbelievably cringe inducing they're unbelievably cringe inducing and not only that they're just sitting up there on the internet chilling just mm -hmm. him talking about one day, I'm going to seek my retribution against you ladies who refuse to give me the pleasure that I so desired. Ha ha ha. It's, it's so bad. And that's how that... And from the clip that I put at the beginning of the podcast... Why does he sound like George Takai? <laughs> he kind of talked like that. He kind of talked like this. He's like, oh my, oh my. <laughs> yes, he did kind of have a George Takei voice. Uh, but now, like, you know, it's the video, it's the guy, it's the kid in the car with the steering wheel, his hand on the steering wheel with the sun in his face. In uh, a BMW. Oh, yeah, a nice car, a fucking <laughs> nice, you know, overprivileged for his age ass having car. I had a shitty ass white chevy s10 and a shitty ass gmc pickup truck when i was his age but you know what i didn't even care because at least i had a fucking ride and now that i'm older i would fucking kill for a pickup truck because i have so much shit i want to 
transport to and fro, and I don't have any ability well, yeah. to do it. I mean, because you're you're in a band, and you're also a DJ, and well, there's a ladder. I want to return to Walmart and get my sixty bucks back, but I can't get it there. You, you know, the 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 symptoms of old age come on slowly. Do you have folks. any friends that have pickups? They could come. I'm gonna over have to wait till Stephanie comes over and stick it in her car. She's got a hatchback, but you know, old age comes on <laughs> on slowly, folks. And there's just certain things like like going. You know, starting off the podcast talking about the weather for the second week in a row and and, and, <laughs> and wanting a pickup truck so you can transport stuff around and thinking about how nice that would be and getting joy from really like cutting your, your lawn and seeing how, how symmetrical your yard is after you yeah, mow the lawn. I don't care about cutting the lawn. Fuck the lawn. <laughs> if you ask me. I mean... I don't care about any of that. Okay, Give me now some, fucking concrete. some of these could be bleeding into like OCD level like problems. Like yes. I, I could be conflating uh, growing up with uh, my obsessive compulsive. Like disorder. I'm actually dreading mowing the lawn again because I'm like, oh god, like the weather's nicer now. Then parents need to be like, mow the lawn. Like I don't like want to mow the lawn because I don't care. <laughs> it's not my lawn. <laughs> yeah, well, your ass is living there rent free, so you better get out there and mow it there, party oh, boy. Yeah, 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 I know. I like mowing the lawn; it's very therapeutic to me. I like any kind of repetitive task, like washing the dishes, mowing the lawn, vacuuming. I like doing these kind. And, and, and I swear to God, if any of you out there are thinking in your head for one second, "Well, you can come over to my house and do it all day long," <laughs> fuck off with that tired ass joke. Okay, so, Barney. I'm so sick of like. <laughs> saying that I like those things, and then literally the person's like, well, you can come do my laundry! <laughs> uh, That's totally Barney. Yeah. Three <laughs> Homer! Maybe you've drank a little too much. Um, guys, if you haven't been able to tell, I am well-rested, I am not hungry, and uh, I do have to kind of take a shit, but I, besides that, <laughs> besides that, I am good to go for this week's podcast, and I'm glad You're I am. You're good to go later, too. Yeah, I get to go later, too. <laughs> I'm glad I am reinvigorated for this one, because, uh, man, oh, this this shit. guy, this Elliot Rogers guy. <sighs> he's a cringe lord. He's a cringe lord. He, he actually killed seven people. Yep. He did it. He didn't just talk about it. He did it. You know how many people talk about the, these kind of, you know, well, I don't know how many people well, do it. Well, on the internet, you know, where yeah. they're like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, that, I guess that's what I meant to say. How many people yeah. on the internet talk about doing this shit, but never actually do it. So I guess that's one of the reasons why it was hard to take his little corny ass videos seriously, because who's to say he's not just another person, you know, sit talking about this stuff, but not actually going to do it. Um, mm -hmm. But he actually did it, and let's let's get into this. So, Elliot Oliver Robertson Roger, could you throw any more fucking names in there? Uh, this sounds like a, you know the name of you know a pretentious dickhead. Anyway, well, you he know, was he was born in London, England, so that is a, uh, a that's a very uh, English I feel like thing to have like twelve like nick like surnames, <laughs> you know. Elliot Oliver Robertson Roger Pennywinkle Perry Mason the third, you know, like. <laughs> so he was born in London, England, and he moved to the United States with his parents when he was five years old. And throughout this, oh, by the way, I should mention Elliot Rogers has a hundred, one hundred and forty-one page manifesto that he wrote called yep. "My Twisted World," and <laughs> this dude goes into detail about every fucking mundane detail about his life that you would ever want to know. He's writing this shit 
I, I mean, I guess he knows that, you know, the, the crime that he's going to portray or perpetrate later on in his life. I guess he knows that after he kills all those people, there are going to be people like me out there who are going to be sickly interested in this case. Yeah. And they're going to read this. But man, this guy is talking about himself in this manifesto like he's some kind of like important figure in the, in, in the world. Like like everybody needs to know every the exact yeah. thing that happened in, to this guy. And like he's a messiah. <laughs> like he literally has like part one, a blissful beginning, age zero to five. And then he's got like uh -huh. fucking part two growing up in america ages five to nine and he like outlines his entire life he's fucking delusional yeah, he's he an, probably he's thinks just, he's uh, you know some sort of messiah or god that's going to free people from some form of tyranny or whatever or oppression yeah so i read through a lot of this and common themes in, with this elliot roger guy is him, him crying like a bitch um yeah. and it's fine to cry but when you cry literally because your friends aren't paying attention to you and they're paying attention to someone else and you start crying, that's crying like a bitch. Well, but yeah, let's well, just distinguish also, that. It seems like, it seems like, um, so a psychiatrist, uh, had prescribed him antipsychotic medication to use to treat schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, but he refused to take it. According to Roger's mother, he was diagnosed as having Asperger's syndrome which I have, uh, but a formal medical diagnosis of the disorder was not made. He was, in fact, diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified, another autism spectrum disorder in 2007. Yeah. Uh, his father was actually a British filmmaker named Peter Roger, who uh, worked as a second unit assistant director for The Hunger Games and his own feature-length film called Oh My God, which... I mean, did you ever see that one? To, no, but I'm just saying, like, that's probably similar to what his father probably said when he found out what his son did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, like, a common theme for this guy, this Elliot Rogers kid, is uh, him crying over, like, he was, yeah, he was bullied, you know, over mundane shit. So, like, when he leaves England and comes to America, he cried like a baby. When he's in America, you know he's he's having rough yeah. times. You know, go, getting getting like along. He was obsessed with World of Warcraft. I mean, that's just you know, that's that's. <laughs> I mean, that in and of itself it isn't that problematic. No, because a lot of people got obsessed with that no. game, which pisses me off. First of all, because Warcraft was such a good ass game, and then they turned it into an RPG, and then that made so much money that Blizzard's like, oh, well, we're not going to spend any any more time or money on the original Warcraft that came out in 1995 on PC, which was just a real-time strategy game, which I fucking loved, and then Warcraft 2, and then Warcraft 3. No, fuck that. We're just going to mess with uh, World of Warcraft Well, you're now. definitely in the, the minority there. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I know, because everyone loves... Um, yeah, well, anyway, so, so I, yeah, I digress. He, he, I think these are like some quotes from his manifesto where he's like, by the ninth grade, Roger was increasingly bullied, and he wrote that he cried by himself at school every day. Not just, you know, a few times, every day. That's not overly dramatic at all. Like, I don't buy that he cried by himself at school, like, every single day. That's 
So he started this obsession with World of Warcraft during this time, with the game dominating his life for the majority of his teenage years and briefly during his 20s. During his time at Crespi Carmelite High... Fucking name. Sounds like a fucking cigarette uh, brand. Carmelite. Crespi Carmelites. <laughs> Sounds like an old lady cigarette brand. Yeah. He was bullied by the other students, including an incident that involved his head getting taped to the desk while he was asleep. That's hilarious. Is that <laughs> yeah, is I'm that bully, is that bullying? I don't. It, it, it is bullying, but it it is kind of funny. I mean, dude, here's the thing. Like, I'm not for bullying by any means, but there's certain degrees of it. There's there's certain things that there's certain things that are just too hilarious not to. And and, and you know. It, I don't know what it is about human nature, but the more annoyed you're going, you seem like you're going to get by a situation, the, the more funnier it is when someone does it to you. And I think that's why the quiet kids are, okay, let me go into my evil uh, junior, <laughs> let me go into my evil okay. junior high brain. Just right. everybody chill out. <laughs> when I was... My mentality growing up, okay, when I was in junior high, and let me let me, let me just start off by saying I was bullied too. I was bullied by eh, kids my own age, kids older than me. It was all about my weight, fat boy, fat ass, yeah, you know, whatever. That was my that was my for me burden you know, to bear. It was, it was like Mike, we're still really talking about me. Shit. We're still talking about me. All right, so <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me right, let me selfish. Let me finish this thought because if we go on to what you, why you were bullied, then I lose my thought and we'll <laughs> we're going down a rabbit hole. So the kids that I liked to bully when I was in school were the quiet ones that wouldn't fight back, right? Mm-hmm. And they were they were quiet and they wouldn't fight back. So the fact that they wouldn't fight back made it made me feel comfortable in bullying them. And the fact that they were quiet made it fun for me to bully them because they weren't playing along. They weren't any kind of a, I don't know. It's like they were just taking it and it was like funny to me at the time. It's totally fucked up now. I totally regret it. I fucking hate Mm -hmm. that. I did that, but I do understand that kids are animals and I was just another animal in the pack, I feel like. If you did not bully anybody... Um, then you are, you should consider yourself like a, a pretty good person because it was, I just, I was just bullied. That's just, that's just, a, that's what happened. Yeah. Like I, I didn't bully anyone. Um, I was like that quiet kid, you know, and it wasn't until I finally got loud and stood up for myself that they stopped bullying me. But a lot of the bullying was just dumb when I look back at it, you know, like the typical, like four eyes and one nickname was like they called me brownie because like my last name is brown so it's one of those like now when i look back at it i was like that's just so lame like they're not even like clever or you know unique uh bullying you know it's just really lame bullying i was like (laughs) i I was the typical bully that as soon as someone stood up to me i cowered down like the little secret bitch that i was like like literally um, you know, any, anytime anybody like stood up to me in, in any way, I would, I would be like, Oh, better not mess with them anymore. You know? And, you know, I myself was a hurt person. I was hurt by a lot, yeah. you know, I guess the reason why I picked this, this particular guy to talk about is because I was him for a little bit. Like I was on the same exact path and train of thought as Elliot Roger was. 
but there was that fork in the road where I I believe his mental illness um, took over and he wasn't able to logically be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to take my lashes like everyone else in society. I'm going to be embarrassed, you know, when yeah. I try to talk to girls and it doesn't work out. But you know what? I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to learn. I'm going to figure out, you know, how do I talk to people? How, you know, what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to keep trying it, God damn it, until I make a friend. Yeah. And, and then until I, you know, maybe a, a, yeah. a lady friend will start talking, blah, 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 blah. It's like you build these things. You don't just start. I mean, some people honestly start out and they're great at like just people persons but most people don't you have to learn these things and that's why yeah. i feel like it's important to go to school well, with other kids yeah i mean i didn't learn how to really you know uh be confident in myself in terms of my self-esteem until like my junior year of high school so you know it's one of those things that it, it it's it, it's uh, for some people it takes longer you know it, it's it's not an, an automatic thing and uh i I, I definitely sympathize with a lot of... I don't sympathize with Elliot. I sympathize with people who uh, have been bullied or or have low self-esteem you know, in high school. Because high school is such a uh, vulnerable and formative time, really. I mean, it's one of those... You know, it, it, it's like... It's a point in a lot of people's lives where a, a lot of key... Th- things occur in terms of uh some one's development yeah in ter- in, into into society in terms of you know being an adult and, and and developing relationships with other people so so this so this is a little bit from elliot's uh middle school experience here he's t- talking about as middle school approached its ultimate end i was having a miserable time there i was extremely unpopular widely disliked and viewed as the weirdest kid in the school I had to act weird in order to gain attention. I was tired of being the invisible shy kid. Infamy is better than total obscurity. And again, I mean, that's kind of how I was too. I remember being in elementary school and just acting and just being weird just to get attention, just to stick out because yeah. if I if I had just not done or said anything, no one would have talked to me. I just Well, in grade school, like I I would act out, but I it was not intentional it was just unintentional because of my asperger's was so advanced it was was on i mean it's it's night and day uh, compared to where i am today like i i've even tell people now like i have asperger's and everybody that i talk to that knows me like like my co-workers they're like i i, I would have never known that which is just i mean whenever i think like Oh, things in my life, you know, uh, you know, they're not exactly where I'd like them to be. I can think about that and I can just be like, wow, you know, the only, I made the, the only so thing many I could see at this point that, that, you know, that I always, I will always have that because of that just uh, amazing progress that I've managed to make. The only thing I could see from you where, where I could still see, like, as far as like having Asperger's is your, uh, your fixation on routine and your obsession with detail. Yeah. Well, yeah, but well, absolutely. But aside from that, I mean that you know, as far as any of the socially debilitating but aspects that, that of it, is, I don't... that isn't even as uh, 
intense as it used to be either. I mean, fucking shit's all over the fucking place. Yeah, I had, I had Mike wake up. I had so. Mike show up at noon today to record the podcast, and he did it. You know, good for him. <laughs> so. If he was that routine based, he'd be like, "Nope, can't do it. Nope, can't. Gotta do it at this time on this day. Nope. Gotta <laughs> gotta watch Judge Wapner. Gotta got, Judge Wapner. Gotta watch it." <laughs> That was my poor right, attempt. At, yeah, that was my poor attempt at Rain Man. So, um, Elliot Roger, oh, he's, I'm, I'm going to keep, about... keep rolling with this. Uh, I'm going to finish okay. this. Uh, so, from his manifesto, uh, talking about mm. better infamy is better than total obscurity. The teasing I received was bittersweet. It felt horrible to be teased and bullied. It caused me a lot of pain and anger. But at the same time, I got a kick out of getting so much attention. I'm going to read it in his voice now, if you guys can't tell. It felt good to be confident enough to pick fights with the popular skateboarder kids. It was either that or continue to be ignored by everyone like I was in 6th and 7th grade. I never knew how to gain positive attention, only negative. My experience during middle school really darkened my view of the world, and it would only get darker from then on, as I suffered more and more. The only way I was treated by girls at this time, especially by that evil bitch and her name is redacted, sparked an intense fear of girls. The funny part of this is, is I had a secret crush on, name redacted. She was the first girl I ever had a crush on, and I never admitted it to, admitted it to anyone. To be teased and ridiculed by the girl I had a crush on wounded me deeply. The world that I grew up thinking was bright and blissful was all over. I was living in a depraved world, and I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to give it any thought. That is why I immersed myself entirely into my online games like World of Warcraft. I felt safe there. <laughs> sounds like... He sounds like a living Tumblr blog <laughs> from like a uh, goth uh, or, you know, some, uh, some uh, character or, or person who's just like really, really depressed all the time. It is making like these posts and stuff about cutting and 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 how dark life is. Yeah, uh, he's like I, the goth without the goth, <laughs> you know, like without the the clothing and 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 the hairstyle and everything, looking like he's a member of the Cure. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like I said, like the I I I identify with a lot of those trains of thought, like just. Well, I did. Well, I did not be well with the whole thing with girls. I definitely identify with that as well. Like, it took my drama teacher forcing me to communicate and dance and sing with girls in order for me to finally feel comfortable around around girls because I was just terminally shy. The thing about it is, is a lot of my closest, my 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 first and closest friends were were girls. I mean, I was in fifth grade, mm -hmm. and two girls like literally approached me on this bench because I'd always sit on this fucking bench at recess like a fucking creepy weirdo. <laughs> but it's not creepy, I guess, when you're like eleven years old. You know, you just look like a fat kid on a bench, and uh, <laughs> these two girls you just look lonely. Yeah, they just saw me there every day. I must have looked like like who does that? The thing is, though, is like. I had just gotten out of three years of being homeschooled. So, like, my social yeah. skills were zero. Mm -hmm. I was like, I could make my mom laugh, and sometimes I'd say funny shit around my cousin, but my social circle was, like, four people for, like, the early years of my life. And then in fifth grade, I I'm put into a private school, 
and I'm in general population, essentially. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know how to do anything, man. These people were all strangers and very scary to me. And, and there's a certain feeling I get when I first walk into, like, a bar or a new place I haven't been to before where that same feeling still comes over me of being that scared little kid that doesn't want to talk to anyone and wants to sit in the corner. But I have to brush that shit off and be like, no, fuck you. Uh, whatever part of that your brain that is that makes you that way fuck off i'm doing this and so i forced myself Uh to do it and you know sometimes elliot just wallowed in it yeah exactly he he wallowed in it and and he took the cowardly way and said instead of instead of uh pushing back against this shyness and this inability to communicate i'm going to lean into it and yeah. and just do, do, delve yeah, and into it more, bla- you know, and, and blame people, you know, and blame everything uh, under the sun for his the, the issues other than himself. I mean, he even says he's talking about the one friend he had in the whole world who truly understood him. Blatantly said he didn't want to be friends anymore, without offering him a reason for ending the friendship. May- maybe there were were plenty of reasons. You just weren't picking up on them, partly because he might have had some Aspergers. Because it ties into his inability to be that great at social. Well, he uh, no, there was a re- there was reasons. His only friend was this kid named James Ellis, and yeah. James stopped talking to him pretty much when Elliot was starting to go off the deep end, and he really started to develop his um, worldview that he oh, yeah. that he was the superior uh, hominid, and uh-huh. he you know women should serve him and no one should be able to allow basically his whole thing was no one should be allowed to have sex because he wasn't having sex and his friend got sick of all the rhetoric his friends well, like yeah. dude peace peace out bro can't i can't deal with this shit anymore and i don't blame him no i i, I don't, I don't blame either him for doing that at all so roger had a youtube account he had a blog t- titled elliot rogers official blog both of which contained posts expressing loneliness and rejection. He wrote that he'd been prescribed Respiridone, which I, I also, I, I took that. Uh, and I, That's the one that made me, I think it either made me gain a shit ton of weight or I, it just made me super tired. I'm trying to remember which one did that because there was one that was just so bad that I had to stop taking it because it was making me so drowsy that i was passing out in classes wow so he refused to do it he says and this is from his manifesto after researching this medication i found that it was the absolute wrong thing for me to take and there was a screenwriter named dale Lawner, who i guess was a friend of the roger family he counseled roger in approaching and befriending women but roger did not follow the advice he said in an interview i first met roger when he was aged eight or nine and I could see then that there was something wrong with him. I'm not a psychologist, but looking back now, he strikes me as someone who was broken from the moment of conception. You were hoping that inside was a normal kid waiting to come out, wanting to come out, that he would overcome his shyness and bloom in some way. What became evident only after reading the manifesto and watching that video was that what, what he was actually hiding was this horribly twisted little monster. Then he talks about his uh, high school experiences, and he's like, as I expected, I failed to make any new friends. I was so overwhelmed by the brutality of the world that I just didn't care anymore. On the very first week, I had my first experience of true bullying, not just the teasing I had at Pinecrest. 
Some horrible 12th graders saw me as a target because I looked like a 10-year-old and I was physically weak. They threw food at me during lunchtime and after school. It enraged me, but I was too scared to do anything about it. What kind of horrible, depraved people would poke fun at a boy younger than them who just entered high school, I thought to myself. It's like, dude, every 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 12th grader, that's who. I mean, that's what yeah. they do. It's not right, but... Why me? Yeah. Why me? Yeah, which... By the way, the whole blaming everything and everyone else for, you know, your problems is like the A number one first sign of being a loser. Um, And, you know, the bullying, yeah, that's on those kids. But like that whole, all of his other ramblings about, oh, why aren't women blah, 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 blah. Because that's his main focus. The bullying... I feel like well, the women aren't noticing you because you're hiding in the background and you're you're acting probably pretty antisocial. So they pick up on that, and most people pick up on that kind of thing, and they're just like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there might have been girls who might have been, you know, maybe interested in me, but I couldn't fucking notice that those signals at that time. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, women, unlike men. And, uh, you know, sorry if this uh, offends anybody out there who thinks that men and women are a thousand percent equal in every single way. When it comes to the ways of thinking and the ways of of viewing uh, relationships and stuff, I say I would say men and women are different. I just think that's fucking true. And I know it's politically incorrect to say now you've been able to say it for the past 100 years, but now it's not you're not able to say it. Men and women are exactly equal in every single way, uh, in every, you know, and I'm not talking about ability and all that, like, you know, in the workforce. I'm just talking about, like... Well, I mean, physically, I mean, genetically, that's Well, just you'd not be a case. fucking, you'd, you'd be uh, uh, way more than dull in the head to say that physically we're the exactly the same. But Jesus, society's kind of making it seem like that sometimes. But anyway, I feel like, like women are more... Well, that whole that old saying that men are more visually stimulated and women, you know, are more I don't know what that their thing is, but the thing is is like you you kind of have to like talk to them and and you know, show them your personality and you know, like for me, like I was funny. So like I was able to like yeah. make people laugh and despite the fact that I was a, a fatty McFatterson uh, I, I was funny and I was, yeah. you know, affable if I, you so, know, liked you yeah. or whatever. And uh, for guys, I think that applies to mostly, you know, any sort of uh, uh, well, communication. Well, for with, for with, guys with though, at that age, a guy, what are they doing? They're looking at a girl, going, "Wow, she's hot. I'm gonna go talk to her." Like that's all you have to have for a guy. It's like, "Wow, she's hot." You know, at that age, at least like, yeah, when you get older, you start to like your your tastes become more refined and sophisticated. And like right now I can look at a girl and be like, well, even though she's very attractive, I still want to get to know her and see what she's like, you know, yeah. and see if she's well, like, think, you know, a complete yeah. psycho well, or I, not. I, I wouldn't say that's like all guys, but yeah, dude, I, I see at what that, you come mean. on, man. At that age. Yes, it well, is. There, all there, guys. Was probably, there were probably some kids. There's not this little sophisticated New York Times reading <laughs> fucking eighth grader going, well, she's quite attractive, but I really do have to see her inner personality. <laughs> come on, Mike. Don't try to be so politically correct. It's all guys in junior high, like, for fuck's sakes. There's no guy going, she's gorgeous and has developed early, but I'm afraid we're just hey, not into the same things. Have you, have you ever seen some drama school students before? 
Well, they're if they're not into the the, the hot <laughs> chick, they're probably into the the hot guy because they're gay. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Okay. What am I saying that's fucked up right now? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. When you're young, you're just like in, you're on instinct. Like it's all instinct. We're just yeah. you're you're an animal, okay. you know. But I feel like women, and they say women mature faster than guys, and I totally believe that because, like, in in junior high and high school, uh the the though a guy might come up to you and push you against a locker or something a, a girl ain't gonna do that to you even if you were smaller and they were able to they're they're going to uh, psychologically tear you down and that's something that you learn when you get mm-hmm. older <laughs> but so f- folks josh is is at the moment uh walking the tightrope you know the, the funny thing is though i'm really not it's just a stupid society we live in now where like even what i'm saying now which if you said it like 10 years ago would be seen as like nothing now it's like oh i'm triggered you just said so you we're not all the same exactly the same and equal in every single way it's just so easy for me to go back into that junior high mindset and just remember how i thought at the time and just put myself back in that place i guess it's hard for me it might be hard for some people but for me it was so easy because it left such an impact on me and that's what one of the reasons why i picked uh talking about this guy because he clearly was going through um that and so we'll get back to this so uh, he's de- describing his time in high school again. Toxic is the word that describes my first day of 10th grade at Taft High School. That's the way I describe you, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, really. It was a toxic nightmare. Every single second of it was agony. I continued to beg my parents not to make me go, but it was to no avail. My father drove me there, and I didn't want to get out of his car. He almost had to drag me out. I somehow found the will to put one foot in front of the other and walk towards that awful, ugly front building. The first week of Taft was living hell. I was bullied several times, even though I didn't know anyone there. After being so used to wearing a polo shirt with khaki pants as a school uniform at private schools, I continued to dress like that even after leaving Crespi. I didn't give any thought to how nerdy I looked. I was too withdrawn, like a turtleneck into turtle tucked into his shell. I was still in the process of going through puberty at the time, so I still looked and sounded like a ten-year-old. Such a persona attracted zero attention from girls, of course, but it did attract bullies like moths to a flame. I was completely and utterly alone. Using the cliches, (laughs) yeah, quite, quite the, quite the uh, writer. I was completely and utterly alone. No one knew me or extended a hand to help me. I was an innocent, scared little boy trapped in a jungle full of malicious predators, and I was shown no mercy. Persecution complex. Urgh, I'm so persecuted. Nobody likes me. I digress. Some random boys pushed me against the lockers as they walked past me in the hall. One boy was tall and had blonde hair called me a loser right in front of his girlfriends. Yes. Well, it's true. He had had girls with him, pretty girls, and they didn't seem to mind that he was such an evil bastard. In fact, I bet they liked him for it. This is how girls are, and I was starting to realize it. This is what truly opened my eyes to how brutal the world is. The most meanest and depraved of men come out on top, and women flock to these men. Their evil acts are rewarded by women, while the good, decent men are laughed at. Oh, God, uh, give me a break. Uh, it is sick, twisted, nice guy syndrome. and wrong in every way. <laughs> I hated the girls even more than the bullies because of this. The sheer cruelty of the world around me was so intense 
that I will never recover from the mental scars. Any experience I ever had before never traumatized me as much as this. Sorry, sorry, Josh. I, I tuned you out because all I kept hearing was "we, we, we, So let's let's look up this. Uh, so this this guy, uh, on top of being the father of all incels, is also um, criticized for having the nice guy syndrome. Now let's look up the nice guy syndrome. Nice guy is a term in internet discourse describing a man or teenage boy with a fixation on a friendship building over time into a romance, most stereotypically by providing women with emotional support when she is having difficulties with another male partner. There are broadly three schools of thought about nice guys. One, that they are victims of women's irrationality or cruelty, in that women say that they want, quote, nice guys, but in fact prefer to have relationships with, quote, jerks or alpha males. So, number two, that they are using a failed seduction strategy and need to learn or, or be taught to be alphas or seducers, a.k.a. pickup artists. Three, that the nice guy strategy of, quote, doing things for someone so that she will have sex with me because women do or should reward niceness with sex is a sexist construct. Now, um... Yeah, this is, I mean, wouldn't you say that pretty much kind of sums up the whole nice guy thing? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'd say the first definition that they I are... have to. I have to be honest, you know, at, at points in my life, I did have thoughts like that. You know, why, why is she with that fucking jock, you know, that fucking douchebag, you know... Future like shit. I, you know... Th there's like a certain, there's a certain energy and vibe that, that, um certain guys have the alpha male vibe if you will uh case in point my cousin okay he was a decent looking guy in junior high and high school he was on the football team mm -hmm. but he had a very i guess alpha personality he was the yeah. as soon as he walks in the room he's the loudest motherfucker and he you know would 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 uh wasn't afraid to get into a fight uh kind of an asshole and his girlfriends were always hot and he always had several of them, you know, lined up, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I, yeah, I had times when I was a teenager where I would look at him and be like, man, fuck that, you know, like he's such an ass and yet he gets all these girls. Now, my whole thing was I always blamed it on my weight. I was always like, oh, I'm fat, blah, blah, blah. That's the only thing separating me and and it probably was because though i wasn't an alpha male like i had a really good uh personality like i was very i i like i said some of my first friends were female so i was very you were charismatic i was good at talking to women on a friend on a person level mm -hmm. and and seeing them as people at that time and not just like a sexual uh piece of meat or whatever so yeah. I definitely was the nice guy a few times growing up where like I was the shoulder that she cried on when the, the guy broke up with her. Uh -huh. But yeah, like I just never understood. Now, see, the thing about Elliot is if you go and look at his YouTube videos, he's not a bad looking guy at all. No, that's the funny. Th he looks like someone from like a boy band. Dude, He looks really. he looks kind of like a fucking model. I mean, apparently yeah. like he was real short. But like the guy, like he's trim. He, he like he, he's like got that like very symmetrical face. He, he his mom was Asian and his dad was British, so he had this kind of uh, eth ethnic uh, allure to him. 
you know, uh-huh. and, and I'm just looking at this guy going like, dude, if you just had a completely different personality, you'd be slaying it, man. Like you're not a bad looking guy. So I don't know what the fuck this guy's problem was, because when I was he also had a fucking BMW. Yeah. When I was in um, when I was his age, I was very overweight. So I, I just blamed all my girl problems on that. And I always thought in my head, if I looked like a guy like Elliot Rogers, if I was yeah. thin, because I equated thinness with girls liking, you know, because all the guys that yeah. had girlfriends were thin. I was like, if I was thin and I, you know, whatever, I, that's the only thing keeping me from girls paying attention to me. So, I, you know, if I was Elliot Rogers well, I and, yeah. and I was thin and I still wasn't getting mm-hmm. chicks, then I would really be like, well, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm like yeah. a good looking guy, what, you know. And 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 uh-huh. that's that's when the whole like lack of uh, social skills comes in, you know, because if yep. if you just straight up, because I definitely didn't have really any of those in high school. Yeah, like those are just being developed like continuously throughout high school, and and I'm still developing some of them because of you know just how far behind I I I was. So I can't you know I can't relate to that whole like oh all I needed to do was this like I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> So it was one of those that was like, I wasn't really thinking about it because I it just seemed like something that was so far out of my reach. So I just didn't, you know, didn't have the knowledge or, or you know, didn't have the skills. So at some point in, in Elliot's life, you know, around the ages of 17 to 19, he decides that he wants to make a fresh start and he mm-hmm. decides to change his appearance. He got a haircut. Uh, he went shopping for some new clothes. Just jumping back into his little manifesto. On the 4th of July, he went to a big party um, at Lemelson's. I guess that's someone... I haven't read enough of the manifesto to know who these names are. So he said, There I had a heavy discussion with James, which is one of his only friends, James Ellis, about my revelation and my goals. He seemed very glad that I had a newfound zest for life. He admitted uh, that he was getting worried about me from the way I was going. James was in a similar situation as I was. He was a virgin like me, never having much interaction with girls in his life. The two of us talked for hours in our troubles and hopes of overcoming them. It was nice to have such a good friend like James on my side who could understand and relate to me. Uh, I made a new Facebook profile in an effort to improve my social life. Having been so lost in my own world for the last four years, I didn't know much about these new social networking sites. Um, once I fired up my profile, I was able to reconnect with a few friends. Um, I also attempted to reconnect with my old friends, Charlie and John Joe, remembering all the great experiences I had with them. I managed to speak to them on the phone a couple times, but they didn't seem keen on meeting up and I subsequently abandoned the effort. Um, so yeah, you know, he tried for a while to um better himself and to like change his life up and all that it seems like he didn't try hard enough like he tried for a bit didn't work out immediately so then he went right back to you know his uh bubble every day i tried to make an effort to go out looking for ways to improve my life i felt that staying in my room was a waste of time i knew what i wanted but i had no idea how to get it I frequently went on walks around my mother's neighborhood in the desperate hope that someone would befriend me or a girl would talk to me. Nothing of the sort happened. Yeah, dude, it absolutely doesn't work like that. You do not go out as a male and a female is just going to fucking approach you and start talking to you. You're like, hi. (laughs) That is so rare. And if it does happen, if you are out somewhere 
and an attractive girl comes up to you and starts talking to you, I would be wary of that. I'm just saying. I'm not going to like <laughs> make any kind of broad statements, but I'm just saying there's probably something more going on there than she just thinks that you are... Especially if you're like staring at the fucking floor with this grim look on your face like if you're i mean you're just staring at the concrete like you know, what are while you, you're walking what are you presenting to the world that would make yourself seem appealing that they would even talk to you i mean if you're uh, nowadays the thing is people sit and stare at their phones and ignore it's like yeah. why i mean you look bit like that whole thing makes approaching someone even more of a uh, of a problem because now you look busy and i feel like i'm interrupting you yeah. At least before smartphones, you're just sitting there and you don't you at least you don't look busy. You know, you just look like you're in a dour mood. But, you know, now like it's like, well, geez, I don't want to interrupt this important business meeting that looks like they're having on their fucking cell phone. Um, so he goes on. Sometimes I walked all the way up to the overlook as my mother's apartment was just around the other side of it. And sometimes I walked to the Calabasas Commons where I would hang out at Barnes and Noble reading books, always with the hope that some young people would reach out and befriend me, but no one ever <laughs> did. I kept hoping and hoping and hoping. Hope is what kept me alive. And he did spend a lot of time at Barnes and Noble. That's kind of a theme. Yeah. He spent time reading about anything and everything. And he would see these young couples every now and then at Barnes and Noble together. And it would just send him into a, a, a rage and he'd run to the bathroom and start crying again. Which is another thing he did a lot of. Um, is he's emotionally insecure? He's emotionally... Dude, that that level, I mean... Or emotionally broken. That's another, another way to put you it. You should not be crying that much. No. <laughs> you just shouldn't. Now, granted, I'm someone... Unless you're, unless you're pregnant, then maybe. Because, you know, like, you know, a lot of women, you know, when they're pregnant... Well, you're not allowed to say like that, Mike. Blood. No, no. Even if that's scientifically accurate, you're not... We're on a thin tightrope now, Mike. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> nope. I thought that was common. No, like, I'm not, not... I said a lot of women. I'd say all women. Some women, you know, react to it differently, but there, you know, there are women who have said, you know, when they have more influx of these hormones, they get, they cry more often. Anyway, he goes on to talk about how his mom started dating a guy that wasn't wealthy enough to his standards and how he felt that his mother should have dated a wealthier man so uh. Elliot could live a better lifestyle. And he, uh, you have a fucking BMW. You're, you're, you're like, is, is this, is this the, your, your father is a second unit director. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you're doing pretty well, kid. Yeah. But that, that continued to be like a point of resentment towards his mother that she, she would date men who were not wealthy enough to afford him a better okay, lifestyle. This is the typical sociopathic shit right now at this point i mean that's kind of you know, beyond lack of empathy only thinking you know being selfish you know just thinking about ways that they can better themselves and no one else so then he goes he drops out of the college that he was attending which i never named earlier but he drops out of that college and he starts going to pierce college because he he heard that there were attractive women there and he thought that his luck would with women would improve at that college. 
But of and course, it didn't. it didn't. He says, my time at Pierce College became more and more miserable each day I went there. I despised having to take the bus. I was embarrassed. It was embarrassing and stressful, and it sucked all of the pride out of me. And for what? To go to one class where I didn't talk to anyone? There was no point in it anymore. I couldn't stand the feeling of loneliness I had there. No one wanted to be my friend. It just wasn't worth the trouble. I decided to drop out of my class. No one wanted to be your friend because you're acting like the person in the back of the fucking class who doesn't want to be friends. You can't just sit there. You can't just be in, in, a, in an environment like this with other people and just have this exude this attitude of like, uh, you know, like you're just hoping, just waiting, like for somebody to approach you. Like that's not how it works. Like you can't really develop a relationship that way. This isn't the fucking movies where somebody, you know, some girl will trip over her shoelace or something, fall in your lap, and then you have like some sort of instant connection. That's not how it fucking works. So he eventually befriends this person named uh addison and he's okay and just to go into this guy's like how he was he's talking about i checked addison's facebook profile with one of my stalking accounts and i saw that he went to a huge stalking said i saw he went to a huge new year's party at a mansion with his popular malibu friends he took lots of pictures of himself posing with various girls i hated him so much when i saw that the level of hatred i felt was unreal he was doing everything I wanted to do. Why him and not me? I cursed at the world. What was seen can never be unseen, and I will never forget it, nor will I forgive it. Forgive? What? What? Trans, <laughs> what's the transgression, my homie, yeah. that you need to forgive? He's just like, fuck you, world. You didn't get me laid. Man, and, and on top it's of... It's your fault. On top of being an incel, on top of being a nice guy... <laughs> This guy also severely suffers from FOMO, like fear yeah. of missing out. The same kind uh -huh. of thing we brushed over in the fire festival thing. Do you think he would have paid for to go to the fire festival? Oh, there's all women Dude, there. It was make it was tailor made for people like this guy. So, so fear of missing out is this is this feeling that everybody around you are living more exciting and more fulfilling lives than you. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're stuck in your boring mundane life, missing out on something. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, I did relate to that when, you know, I saw that my cousin, you know, he's young and he's got like a job at like some computer company and he's just making all this money and a salary already and everything and seems to always kind of just find work like it's no problem. But, you know, now that I have another job again, it's just like, I don't really care about that. I'm like, good for him. That's great. You know, he, he, he forced his own path and he's succeeding. Like, I'm really proud of him. I so, mean, you know, it, it's for me, I, I developed know? the life that I wanted to lead. You know, I'm doing my music. I'm and people yeah. like it. I have my YouTube channel. I have this podcast. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I it would be nice to, you know, get out on my own. But financially, it's just not very realistic. Um, But, you know, uh, I'm not going to completely forget forget about that or think that that'll never happen um i you know just taking things you know one day at a time and with my youtube channel like i don't have 
as big of a YouTube channel as some other people might. Now that'll, that'll get, that gets me pissed off. Like when, when I've been doing YouTube for as long as I have, and, and yeah, I've got about 4,000 subscribers at this point, but then I look at channels that have only been doing it for half the time and they have like in the hundreds of thousands of subs. Oh well, yeah. I'm like, how the fuck did, did that happen? Yeah. That does get me a little salty sometimes. Well, well it does. It doesn't do it for me. Cause I'm just like, you know what? It's out of my control. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's like you make what you make and you you don't really have control of what the Internet does with it. And some people get lucky. And for every channel that has 100,000 subscribers, there's 20,000 channels that have 10 subscribers. Or more. more. Way more than that. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like there's a lot more uh, underdogs than there are well, exactly. the people yeah, who bubble to sure. the surface. For sure. Absolutely. That's that's 100% the truth. So you got to in, um, in these kind of things like these are th- I mean for instance Elliot Rogers videos probably got no views. Right. But probably now have a good chunk t- good chunk of views. Yeah, after after he like killed a bunch of people and killed himself, which which yeah. we will get to folks. I know we're like dilly-dallying, so, but I feel like this is important in building It is. It's to build, you know, his uh persona. So, you know, to kind of to explain why he did what he did. Now he actually had some earlier incidents, apparently, uh, before he even uh, did the uh, killings. So in July 2011, Roger followed a couple he was jealous of out of a Starbucks in Goleta and threw coffee on them. Yeah. Damn. In a later incident, he splashed his latte on two girls sitting at a bus stop in Isla Vista for not smiling back at him. Now, see, that's where all this, like, antisocial behavior starts to become problematic. He's now acting out again. It's one thing to be butthurt that the world isn't paying attention to you. But when you start actually physically acting out towards people, that's when it's becoming a problem that you need to seriously get help for. Yes. So in July 2012, Roger purchased a super soaker, filled it with orange juice... And used it to spray a group playing kickball at Gersh Park. That's so... Why orange juice? Yeah, I know. Why orange like, juice? Like, oh, yeah. damn. Now I have a citrusy, refreshing lemony smell. Or orange it smell. It, it would be it sticky. It would be sticky. But, I mean, dude, use, like, milk or, or some, <laughs> something that's actually going to, like, it's fucking reek when it dries, you know? Like... Yeah. So, um, um, referring to an incident that occurred in, on July 20th, 2013, Roger wrote that he tried to shove girls at a party over a 10 foot ledge after being mocked, but he failed. On January 15th, 2014, Roger accused his roommate Chang Yuan Hong of stealing his candles. <laughs> well, if they were Yankee candles, those are pretty expensive, so I can understand. Well, I mean, that. of all the fucking things. I know, right? You, you, stole, you, you stole my, my candles. candles. What kind of like. <laughs> What kind of life are they living over there in California? Jeez, in fucking Florida, it's you stole my crack pipe, you motherfucker. Like, give it so back. So just imagine if we just be like, you stole my candles. You're going to die. <laughs> uh, he performed a citizen's arrest and called 911. Hong was charged with petty theft and pleaded guilty to the charge. On April 30, 2014, about three weeks before the attack, Roger's parents contacted police after becoming alarmed by his behavior in YouTube videos. He wrote in his manifesto that he had already planned the killings and purchased the gun, his guns by that time. The officers who interviewed him at his, at his apartment would have found the weapons if they had conducted a search of his bedroom, which they should have done. Think about it. 
Santa Barbara County Sheriff Bill Brown later said the deputies determined he did not meet the criteria for an involuntary hold and that Roger told them it was a misunderstanding with his parents. So they just bought his fucking bullshit, despite the fact that they're telling him that, you know, he has YouTube videos where he's talking about this kind of shit. So here's straight from the horse's mouth. So Roger is saying in his manifesto, I had nothing left to live for but revenge. Women must be punished for their crimes of rejecting such a magnificent gentleman as myself. All of those popular boys must be punished for enjoying heavenly lives and having sex with all the girls while I had to suffer in lonely virginity. I was ready in June, and I had been living in Santa Barbara for two years. Two whole years! I lived in a college town full of young, attractive students who partied and had sex all the time, and I didn't get to experience any of it. No one invited me to parties, and in all the times I went by out by myself to Isla Vista, none of the beautiful blonde girls showed any interest in having sex with me. Not one girl. It's, it's like, I laugh because it's like, dude, this is so not how it works, man, but okay. These are crimes that cannot go unpunished. Women not want... People just living their lives and not acknowledging this quiet, this quiet. They probably didn't even see you. They probably didn't even exactly. notice you were there because you weren't making any kind of effort to to be a human being. It's kind of like what happened uh, when I graduated from high school and I was in downtown Portland one time, and a girl actually, you know, came up and said hello and you know was talking to me, you know, because she actually remembered me, and it was it was that sur- it was surreal for me because like I I went through high school you know in this kind of half days you know trying to figure shit out and you know really kind of just focusing on myself and and not as much on other people other than the you know the people that were in my uh group of friends so so anyway uh, um to go going on with his little fucking (laughs) which i get i get extreme pity party i get extreme um just fascination out of reading the just how wrong this guy can think about life um so he goes oh he calls it his twisted manifesto doesn't he my twisted world but it's twist in his mind it's twisted because girls weren't going up to him going hey roger can i suck your dick you know (laughs) in his world that's how it's supposed to work and yeah he's thinking like you know girls are gonna walk up to him and it's like hey do you want to Go on a date and then stick your dick in my pussy. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, you're really hot and interesting, even though I don't know you or I haven't said anything to you. And since women always make the first move, everyone knows that. Do you want to go out on a date with me and then definitely have sex with me because you're so fucking awesome? Oh, why, yes, yes, I do. Now things are finally <laughs> working the way I thought they should, according to the pornos that I've watched way too much of, obviously. Because they're just very unrealistic. So no wonder he's disappointed, and no wonder he's sad and he's depressed. Because his 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 view is so far uh, off from reality that there's no way that he would have been able to be right pleased. Right. So that yeah, the expectations were way too off the mark from reality. So he says, the more I thought about all these injustices that were dealt to me, the more eager I became for revenge. It's all shut the fuck up, (laughs) Elliot. Mike, you're turning into the bully that he dealt with. You're the you're part of the problem, man. No, I think that's a natural 
a reaction to this fucking bullshit from this guy. He, he says, it's just like, it's all I had left. I didn't want to die, but I knew that I had to kill myself after I exacted my revenge to avoid getting captured and imprisoned. For a while, I had been deciding on whether I would exact my retribution in Isla Vista or Santa Barbara City College. In both places, I had suffered greatly at the hands of everyone there. I have seen attractive young couples walking around in both places, and those were my targets. I wanted to kill as many attractive young couples as I possibly could. So now we're seeing he went from like being just butthurt in uh, the early earlier day times to of his life to sadistic to straight up I'm going to kill these motherfuckers yeah, and I'm dead serious psychotic. about it. So he has been long butthurt by all of this to to the point of like he's lost it. So that's why I think the police should have done a little bit more in that particular instance where the parents were really worried. Most of the time, you know, of, you know, unless the parents are just bad parents, because there are bad parents who just are oblivious, just as oblivious as their as their uh, kids who end up doing you know some fucked up shit. But when there's like parents who you know do know what to look for, and they call the police and are like, "Take a look at that." I mean, really, like, I'm really worried about the, about my son and what he might do. The police should be taking that a little more seriously. And they shouldn't automatically be like, oh, well, the son says it was a misunderstanding, so then we're not really going to look into it. Don't automatically, like, validate with the guy, with the person that you're supposed to be potentially investigating the potential of him committing a horrible crime. I mean, at least do the search where you look for the weapons. At least that. All right, guys, sorry about the break here, but we got to do a little bit of ad reading. That's only one advertisement, but it's, it's the lubricant that keeps this podcast slick and slippery and, and running smoothly, unlike that last sentence that I said. But, um, you know, all this talk of Elliot Rogers, what, what a better time to talk about better help. Um, so... Is there something that is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? If so, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, grief, and uh, self-esteem, which is something our uh, antagonist could have used a lot more of. Uh, connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential, and it's so convenient. You can now get help at your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. If you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And for Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries listeners, get 10% off your first month with discount code UM, which is U-U-M. Now, last week I said it was unexplained, and that was incorrect. I got the wrong promo code from um, the uh, the people who gave it to me, so it's supposed to be U-U-M is the promo code for us. I was actually leading you guys to... Uh, Apparently, there's a podcast called Unexplained Mysteries. I was leading you to their BetterHelp site, so I guess you kicked them a little bit of uh, shekels there last week. But anyway, 
Why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash UUM. Uh, simply fill out a questionnaire and get matched with the counselor you'll love. That is betterhelp.com slash um. And I'm actually like checking this right now to make sure it comes up right. And it does. Okay. Yeah. Betterhelp.com slash um. Now, uh, real quick, this is not a crisis line. There are over 4,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. It's available wo- worldwide. Four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. Start communicating under 24 hours. Uh, it's easy to change counselors as ne- needed, as I've said. Secure, convenient, professional, affordable. Get 10% off your first month. Thanks for listening to the ad, guys. Back to the show. So after a lot of thinking, this is still Elliot here, I came to the conclusion that the Day of Retribution will take place in Isla Vista. On weekend nights, the streets of Isla Vista are always flooded with young couples and good-looking popular kids walking to their parties. What better place is there to exact my retribution on my enemies? Every time I walked around Isla Vista trying to meet girls or fit in with popular kids, I've only been treated with disdain, as if I'm an inferior mouse. On the day of retribution, the tables will indeed turn, I muse to myself. I, no, they won't. I will be a god, <laughs> and they will all be animals that I can slaughter. They are animals. Uh. They behave like animals, and I will slaughter them like the animals they are. It came to a point where I had to set a date for the day of retribution. I originally considered doing it on the Halloween of 2013. That is when the entire town erupts in a raucous partying. There would literally be thousands of people crowded together who I could kill with ease. And the goal was to kill everyone in Isla Vista, to utterly destroy that wretched town. But then, after seeing footage of previous Halloween events on YouTube, I saw that there were too many cops walking around. It would be too risky. One gunshot from a cop will end everything. The Day of Retribution would have to be on a normal party weekend, so I set it for some time during November of 2013. The goal would give me five months to plan and prepare, five more months of life, but then again, I wouldn't even call it life. The existence I've had on this world during the last eight years is anything but life. Oh, you poor baby. You poor, psychotic, murdering baby. He said but life. A (laughs) A feeling of overwhelming dizziness and anxiety swept over me. I was actually going to die. I couldn't believe it. Then I realized that my life was already over anyway. I was never going to lose my virginity. I was never going to experience love and sex. I was never going to have children. This final act of retribution is the only thing I could do. It was very hard to come to terms with this fact. I felt I felt very I trapped know. and lost. You, you could go to a fucking psychiatrist. <laughs> I mean, good lord, man. Like, like couldn't you... I, I mean... Couldn't you just fly to the Bunny Ranch in Arizona and pay one of those chicks to fuck you for for God's sakes? I mean, like if so- well, if he is loaded enough, like why didn't he ever think about doing like you know getting? He probably or felt it was beneath him. Ugh, everything was beneath him with this guy. Like I mean, yeah. I didn't touch on a lot of this, but uh, his mom had hired. Well, he's also a racist piece of shit. Oh yeah. Well, no, this guy is just well because yeah, he believes that he is racially superior because he comes from English heritage. And he felt like, because uh, his mom got him a life coach who tried to get him a bunch of jobs, and he felt all those uh-huh. jobs in retail were beneath him. And just, I mean, dude, the guy just wanted uh, a, the red carpet rolled out and silver spoons in his ass dude. from the day of being born. Like, if you had a retail job, then maybe you might have met a girl 
that, you know, at work. And then maybe you might have gotten laid. It's just funny how, as I read how his, his <laughs> obsession with pretty girls and wanting them, how how it so much mimics my early Zanga postings that I, that yeah. I posted when I was a teenager. <laughs> and, and I was literally saying the same thing. I was like, all I want is an attractive girlfriend. And I was saying these same things. But for some reason, I didn't go and kill a bunch of people. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, what what went wrong with this guy? You know, like 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 the like the screenwriter said that tried to help him. He was just broken. Yeah. I mean, I felt broken, too, though. That's the thing. Like, I felt. No, but I mean, like, you weren't, like, broken in the same way. Yeah, apparently like, you, not. You know. I mean, because. It, it's you were having the typical thoughts that a lot of, you know, young men at that time had, you know, it's just, you know, why can't I have what these, you know, people have like. Why can't I have... I want the hot chick. You know, I want the hot girlfriend. Now, that's a normal thought process. But once you get into the whole where you're, like, dumping coffee on them because they didn't smile back at you, or you're planning their destruction, that's when you've gone off uh, into fucking crazy town. And it's no longer normal. And it's no longer okay. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with having those thoughts like when you're that age, because it's just it's just a normal thing. Um, but what he, you know, the thoughts that he would have, yeah, that's not normal at all. I mean, l listen to this, okay? These, these are some of his quotes from, like, uh, so he wrote in My Twisted World that being of mixed race made him different from normal, fully white kids. On one online forum, he said that he opposed interracial dating and made several racist posts regarding African-American, Hispanic, South Asian, and East Asian peoples, stating that seeing men of these ethnic groups socializing with white women makes you want to quit life. In one online post, Roger wrote, Full Asian men are disgustingly ugly, and white girls would never go for you. You're just butt hurt that you were born as an Asian piece of shit, so you lash out by linking these fake pictures. You even admit that you wish you were half white. You will never be half white. And you will never fulfill your dream of marrying a white woman. I suggest you jump off a bridge. Jesus Christ. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. In his manifesto, Roger made a racist comment regarding another boy outlining some of his plans. How could an inferior ugly black boy be able to get a white girl and not me? I am beautiful. I am half white myself. I'm descended from British aristocracy. 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 He is descended from slaves. On the day before the day of retribution, I will start the first phase of my vengeance, silently killing as many people I can around Isla Vista, luring them into my apartment through some form of trickery. The manifesto specifically mentions a war on, wom on women as a second phase of his plan for starving him, starving him of sex. Which he states, the second phase will take place at the Day of Retribution itself, just before the climactic massacre. My war on women. I will attack the very girls who represent everything I hate in the female gender. The hottest sorority of USCB. Okay, I found a good portion here that I want to read about uh, his, uh, that I think that party here. So he says... Um, I even attended college at SBCC again. I signed up for summer sociology class and attended it for a week before dropping it out of the familiar frustration of girls talking to other boys instead of me. 
This last ditch effort of desperation to once again try to live an enjoyable college life in Isla Vista came to an ultimate end and devastating culmination on Saturday night, July 20th, just a few days before my 22nd birthday. It was that day that I decided to go out in Isla Vista in an attempt to lose my virginity before I turned 22. That was the only thing that could have saved me. I was giving the female gender one last chance to provide me with the pleasures I deserved from that. (laughs) You don't deserve shit. That's just such a fucked up statement that I can't even like wrap my head around it. Yeah. I was. Well, he probably thinks he deserves it because he's from a. He descended from aristocracy. Aristocracy. He goes, I I was too nervous to go out there sober, so I bought a bottle of vodka and took a few shots to garner enough courage to walk out at such an hour. All right, some liquid courage. Yeah, that I understand. I've done that before. I had taken one too many, for by the time I reached Del Playa Street, my head was clouded with drunkenness. At the start, it benefited me greatly. I saw lots of good-looking, popular kids socializing in groups all over the place and if i wasn't drunk it would have been it would have intimidated me too much i was so drunk that i walked right into a wild house party that was taking place on del playa they had a dj playing annoying hip-hop music that all the young people liked these days and now being annoyed at modern day hip-hop music i can understand that too and there was a ping pong table you wouldn't you have like maybe played that absolutely that's the exact same music i would have played (laughs) as a dj yes so so i'm a walking contradiction here and he goes uh and there was a ping pong table set up where lots of popular kids were playing beer pong a crude drinking game oh you're just butthurt because you never got invited to play it or you suck at it uh beer pong (laughs) is stupid though even though i've played it multiple times i tell you what though when you sink that ping pong ball into right into that cup you you do feel kind of like a champion for a second there well it's because it's it's a competition yeah you know that's why and there's a little bit of skill involved but i digress Uh, well yeah there were about when you win anything you get a certain uh uh uh, burster of uh self-esteem yes uh, there were about 100 people at that party god that's a lot of people and everyone was socializing with a group of friends except me. Oh, you stumbled into a random party and no one talked to you? Again, in this guy's world, I walk into the party, everyone stops what they're doing, turns to me and goes, oh my God, it's that kid that no one knows. Hey, what's up, buddy? Here, come play beer pong. There's several girls wanting to yeah. suck your dick, by the way, after you get done. You are the man. You are the man. There were about it's um, a fantasy. He he's expecting a fantasy. I walked around in my drunken confidence for a few moments, helped myself to the beer they had, and tried to act like a normal partygoer. I soon became frustrated that no one was paying attention to me, particularly the girls. I saw girls talking to other guys who looked like obnoxious slobs, but none of them showed any interest in me. As my frustration grew, so did my anger. I came across this Asian guy who was talking to a white girl. Uh-oh, here comes the Asian thing again. The sight of that filled me with a rage. I always felt as if white girls thought less of me because I was half Asian. But then I see this white girl at the party talking to a full-blooded Asian. Oh, imagine that! Talking to a full-blooded Asian! Gee whiz! I never had, uh, I never had that kind of attention from a white girl! Exclamation point. And white girls are the only girls I'm attracted to, especially the blondes. And they puts in italics. How could an ugly Asian attract the attention of a white girl, mm-hmm. while a beautiful Eurasian like myself never had any attention from them? 
I thought with rage. I glared at them for a bit and then decided I had been insulted enough. I angrily walked towards them and bumped the Asian guy aside, trying to act <sighs> cocky and arrogant to both the boy and the girl. My drunken state got the better of me, and I almost fell over to the floor after a few minutes of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just imagining the mental picture <laughs> of this fucking Elliot Roger showing up to a random fucking party, doing his scowling thing, and being all mopey and shit. And and then goes up to the Asian guy and tries to fucking shoulder block him and it's not doing much of anything. And then he's still trying to shoulder block more random people and then he falls on his fucking ass. It's fucking hilarious. They said something <laughs> I'm sorry. They said something along the lines <laughs> that I was very drunk and that I needed to get some water. So I angrily left them and went out to the front yard where the main partying happened. Rage fumed inside me as I realized that I had just walked away from that confrontation. So I rushed back into the house and spitefully insulted the Asian before walking outside again. I stood awkwardly in the front yard for a bit, realizing how pathetic I looked all by myself when everyone was parting around me. To calm down, I climbed onto a wooden ledge that bordered the street and plunged down on one of the chairs there. Isla Vista was at its wildest state at that time, and I saw lots of guys walking around with hot blonde girls on their arm. It fueled me with rage, as it always had. I should be one of those guys, but no blonde girls gave me that chance. I looked down at all of them, and in my drunken carelessness extended my arm out and pretended to shoot them all, laughing giddily as I did. Eventually, some partiers climbed onto the ledge. They were all obnoxious, rowdy boys whom I've always despised. A couple of pretty girls came up and talked to them, but not to me. They all started socializing right next to me, and none of the girls paid any attention to me. I rose from my chair and tried to act arrogant and cocky towards them, throwing insults at everyone. They only laughed at me and started insulting me back. That was the last straw. I had taken enough insults that night. A dark, hate-fuel rage overcame my entire being, and I tried to push as many of them as I could from the ten-foot ledge. My main target was the girls. I wanted to punish them for talking to the obnoxious boys instead of me. See, I feel like in his mind right now, he's going like Super Saiyan in this made-up anime. Yeah, yeah, exactly, this, yeah. This made-up anime that he's the the, uh -huh. the star player. It was one of the most foolish... But really, he's just like... <laughs> he goes, it was one of the most foolish and rash things I ever did. I almost risked everything in doing it. But I was so drunk with rage, I didn't care. I and I bet his insults are terrible, too, because he doesn't have any social skills. He, so where does he get... He was probably like, foul cretins, feel my <laughs> wrath, you nitwitted numbskulleries. I don't know. <laughs> no, he was probably, you, you suck. No, I feel like he. I, I, I feel you. like he was gonna try to like what, like dazzle them with his grasp of the English language and be like, "Well, he's drunk." You rapscallious mongrels! Like, uh, so then he goes on. I failed. I, I don't see him doing anyway, that. Mike, I don't think he has enough anyway, self-esteem to do that. I failed to push any of them from the <laughs> ledge, and the boys started to push me, which resulted because yeah, you're a bitch. <laughs> which resulted in me being the one to fall onto the street. Good. You were trying to you do that to Maybe them. you should have fell onto your fucking head. Dude, if he had fallen onto his head and like either 
like got paralyzed from the neck down or died, oh my god, the world would be such a would have been spared. I mean, seriously. I mean, I I'm not I'm not gonna go back on that because it's one of those things where he was already planning on doing like this is the event that caused him to come up with this plan to kill a bunch of innocent people over this stupid bullshit of oh I, girls don't like me and i don't get sex so they should die maybe he should have died by accident you know a darwin award so, you know yeah, a darwin award, yeah. so he says when i landed i felt a snap in my ankle followed by a stinging pain i slowly got up and found that i couldn't even walk i had to stumble and stumble i did i tried to get away from there as fast as i could as I stumbled a few yards down Del Playa with my shattered leg, I realized that someone had stolen my Gucci sunglasses that my mom had given me. I loved those sunglasses, and I had to get them back. I vehemently turned around and staggered back towards the party. But you left them there. Like, that's actually what happened. Nobody stole them. You left them there. <laughs> At that point, I was so drunk that I forgot where the party was and ended up walking onto the front yard of the house next to it, demanding to know who took my sunglasses. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> the people in this house must have been... Did you imagine... <laughs> the, 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 the people in the house must have been friends with the ones I previously fought with, for they greeted me with vicious hostility. No, you... They called me names like faggot and pussy. Typical things. No shit, Sherlock. You're fucking going to someone's random fucking house. Probably like what in the late hours of the night. Be like, you. You're drunk. You're stumbling over there. You're like, you. You stole my sunglasses. My Gucci sunglasses. You motherfuckers. Give me my sunglasses back. And then the guy's like. Shut the fuck up, you... F what the hell? <laughs> the fuck off my lawn, you asshole. <laughs> well, apparently he said, you faggot and you pussy. Well, you know. But, uh, so a whole group of obnoxious brutes came up to me and dragged me into their driveway, pushing and hitting me. I wanted to fight and kill them all. I managed to throw one punch towards the main attacker, but that only caused them to beat me even more. I fell to the ground where they started kicking me and punching me in the face. Eventually, some other people from the street broke up the fight. I managed to have the strength to stand up and stagger away. Should have sent his ass to the hospital. It was the first time in my life that I had been truly beaten up physically to the point where my face was bruised up. I had suffered a lot of bullying in my life, but most of it wasn't physical. I had never been beaten and humiliated that badly. Everyone in Isla Vista saw what happened. It was truly horrific. The, it wasn't everyone. <laughs> the worst part of the ordeal was not getting beaten up. Oh, no. It was the fact that no one showed any concern, even though someone broke up the fight and kept you from getting your ass stomped in worse. But okay, no one cared. Sure, we'll go with your, your theory. There was only one group who helped me uh, to, end the, uh, to the end of Del Playa, but after that, they abandoned me. Not one girl offered to help me as I stumbled home with a broken leg, beaten and bloody. If girls had been attracted to me, they would have offered to walk me to my room and take care of me. They would. I doubt you had a full-on broken leg. You probably had a twi really twisted ankle, like a really severely twisted ankle or something. He, fe he felt or a like dislocation. He felt like they they would have even offered to sleep with me to make me feel better. But no, <laughs> not one girl showed an ounce of concern for me. You're gonna fucking broke if you have a broken leg, like. Yeah, I don't think that's very attractive for one, and also they would just be like, "You, you need to go to the so hospital." So again, in like his fantasy not... world, oh, 
I just broke my leg for valiantly defending my 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 honor in such a in my sunglasses in, in such an unkind <laughs> world where an Asian would dare talk to a white woman and then a girl comes up oh my god you beautiful man I can't believe that let me walk you home oh my god your leg's broken uh, do you need me to suck your dick yeah, uh, yeah absolutely absolutely I, I mean I mean I mean there's pro you know there might be some twisted girls out there that are into you know some weird fetish but like that that's the percentage is extremely low I don't think that's gonna turn them on they're not gonna be oh my god you broke your leg I'm so wet right now like no <laughs> you fucking dipshit so the highly unjust experience of being beaten and humiliated in front of everyone in Isla Vista and their subsequent lack of concern for my well-being was the last and final straw. I actually gave them all one last chance to accept me, to give me a reason not to hate them, and they devastatingly blew it back in my face. I gave the world too many chances. It was time for retribution. I went into surgery in the beginning of August after visiting the local orthopedist. He recommended that I may have broken my ankle, uh, surgically screwed in place instead of, wait, that I have my broken ankle surgically screwed in place instead yeah. of waiting for it to heal by your itself. Your ankle, not your leg, you drama queen. So he went through it and blah, da, da, blah. So that, that so set back his... He also states in his manifesto that his self in his self-proclaimed ideal world, he imagined he would quarantine all women in concentration camps. At these camps... The mass, vast majority of the female population would be deliberately starved to death because, you know, they starved him of sex. That would be an efficient and fitting way to kill them all off. I would have an enormous tower built for myself and gleefully watch them all die. He also dreamed of a pure world where the man's mind could develop to greater heights than ever before. Future generations will live their lives free of having to worry about the barbarity of sex and women, which will enable them to expand their intelligence and advance the human race to a state of perfect civilization. This guy is fucked in the head. So he gets two new housemates in his apartment uh, for the autumn semester college. They were foreign Asian students who attended UCSB. These were the biggest nerds I had ever seen, and they were both very ugly with annoying voices. My last two housemates, Chris and John, were nerds as well, but at least they were friendly and pleasant. These two new ones were utterly repulsive, and one of them had a very rebellious demeanor about him. He went out of his way to start arguments with me whenever I raised the issue of the noise he made. Hell, even living with Spencer was more pleasant than these two idiots. I knew that the day of when the day of retribution came, I would have to kill my roommates to get them out of the way. If they were pleasant to live with, I would regret having to kill them. But due to their behavior, I now had no regrets about such a prospect. In fact, I'd even enjoy stabbing them both to death while they slept. Um, and and he uh, he eventually did do that. But uh, moving on yeah. here, um, he basically then talks about how he he starts to hate his sister because she was having sex. And um, he had a little brother who he actually saved from drowning when he was younger. And he even said something along the lines of uh, he was happy that his little brother remembered that uh, he saved his life because that means everything that happens to his little brother for the rest of his life is all because of Elliot and because uh, Elliot saved no, his really? life. 
And he even... God complex. Yeah, and he even talked about how he would spend time with his little brother, but he started becoming resentful even towards his little brother Uh because he saw that his little brother was developing social skills that he didn't have, and he... He was wow. assuming that his little brother was going to have an easier time in life. So was this his ha- this is his half brother, right? It was his younger one. So if that's his half brother, then yeah. Because um, he he says in his manifesto, you know, that he planned to kill his half brother and his stepmother. Yes, he he. But he's not mentally prepared to kill his father. He wanted he wanted to he finally decided that he needed to kill his little brother because he was so jealous. That uh, he couldn't live in a world where his younger brother would have sex and he wouldn't, so he therefore uh, had to uh, have. Oh, he, he therefore I almost had to have sex with his little. <laughs> he therefore had to uh, kill his little brother too. So then he's, he he t- we later on in his manifesto he says after only a week passed since I uploaded those videos on YouTube I heard a knock on my apartment door I opened it to see about seven police officers asking for me. As soon as I saw those cops, the biggest fear I ever felt in my life overcame me. I had the striking and devastating fear that someone had somehow discovered what I was planning to do and reported me for it. If that was the case, the police ha- would have searched my room, found all my guns and weapons, along with my writings about what I planned to do with them. I would have been thrown in jail, denied of the chance to exact my re- revenge on uh-huh. my enemies. I-, uh-huh. I can't imagine a hell darker than that. Thankfully, that wasn't the case, but it was so close. Apparently, someone saw my videos and became instantly suspicious of me. They called some sort of health agency who called the police to check up on me. The police told me it was my mother who called them, but my mother told me it was the health agency. My mother had watched the videos and was very disturbed by them. I don't suppose I'll ever know the full truth of whoever called the police on me. The police interrogated me outside for a few minutes, asking me if I had suicidal thoughts. I tactfully told them that it was all misunderstanding, and they finally left. And they put in italics, if they had demanded to search my room, dot, 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 that would have ended everything. For a few horrible seconds, I thought it was all over. When they left... Yeah, and it should have been. Yeah, it should have been. But, I mean, honestly, the cops can't really do that just based on that. You know, I mean, they have to have more to go well, on. Well, no, I, I know that, but. It was all because of the videos. I must have expressed too much anger in them. I immediately took most of them off YouTube. and That's a part of the problem. You know, like, I, I do feel that there should be more of, and, and they're working on that with uh, more uh, laws that have been passed to, to train police officers to, you know, do a different way, have different ways of handling this sort of thing other than just being like, do you have suicidal thoughts? Like, that's not enough. Like, it, 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 noticing the triggers, noticing, like, their behavior. And, you know, this is an instance where, honestly, I am fine with uh, searches without a warrant for this kind of thing. I am totally okay with it. We have too many school shootings going on lately. Or it seems like it because they're on the news more often than maybe they were in the past. Um,. And it's such a school shooting, it's just other things like that. So if somebody sees something that like that video, and that that's enough. That should be enough to automatically search their apartment. I'm sorry. Like that video alone is, is suspicious. So he says, this is towards the end of the uh the manifesto here. During the last few weeks of my life, I continued my daily adventures around town, trying to experience as much of the world as I could before I die. 
Upon doing this, I realized that the only world I can possibly ever experience is a twisted world of constant suffering. No matter where I go, I have to face all the same injustices. Young couples are everywhere. They constantly remind me of what I have lacked all my life. I cannot go out of my room without seeing a young couple that would make me feel envious and raged. How dare these girls give their love and sex to those other men and not me? I constantly think when I see young couples. There is nowhere in the world I can go anymore. There is no more life to live. The day of retribution is all I have. It is the final solution to all of the injustices of the twisted world. By doing this, I will set right all of the wrongdoings I've had to face in my sor sorry excuse of a life. Every single time I've seen a guy walk around with his beautiful girlfriend, I've always wanted to kill them both in the most <sighs> painful way possible. They deserve it. They must be punished. The males deserve to be punished for living a better and more pleasurable life than me. And the females deserve to be punished for giving that pleasure, that pleasurable life to all to those males instead of me. On the day of retribution, I will finally be able to punish them all. When I think about the amazing and blissful life I could have lived, if only females were sexually attracted to me, my entire being burns with hatred. They denied me a happy life, and in return, I will take away all of their lives. It's only fair. Oh, fucking psycho. I'm so, just, I'm just, it's just exhausting. I am not part really. of the human race. Humanity has rejected me. The females of the human species have never wanted <laughs> to mate with me, so how could I possibly consider myself part of humanity? Humanity has never accepted me among them, and now I know why. I am more than human. I am superior to them. I am Elliot Roger. Magnificent, glorious, supreme, eminent, divine. I am the closest thing there is to a living God. Humanity is a disgusting, yeah, depraved, and evil beast species. Fucking nuts. <laughs> Pretty much to way par way far past gone at this point. Uh, it is my purpose to punish them all. I will purify the world of everything that is wrong with it. On the day of retribution, I will truly be a powerful god, punishing everyone I deem to be impure and depraved. Um, should have punished yourself. Now, um, to tie into what we were talking about earlier about the uh, police, uh, some California lawmakers called for an investigation into the deputy's contact with Roger on April 30th. At the time of their visit, he had already bought at least two handguns, which had been entered into the California Gun Ownership Database under his name, as required by California's universal registration law. The deputies were unaware of this fact. However, because they did not check the statewide gun ownership database. Why? I don't know. They did not view the YouTube videos that had caused Roger's parents to contact them. I don't know why they didn't do that. The sheriff's office defended the actions of the deputies. Since they didn't view the videos, then it makes sense why they they handled it the way they did. Because they didn't see the videos. I mean, if you saw the videos, you'd be like, okay, this guy is fucking crazy. We need to put a stop to this before things get really violent and people lose their lives. So obvious. The sheriff's office defended the actions of the deputies, as did the other state law enforcement agencies. Some state lawmakers said that they plan to introduce legislation that they believe would pre help prevent such uh, future tragedies. And on September 30, 2014, in the wake of the incident, California legislators passed a red flag law. To enable a person to ask a judge to have guns seized from a family member who they feel is a danger to themselves or to others, the gun owner will have an opportunity to contest the seizure. 
Gun rights groups, including the National Rifle Association, of course, oppose the legislation, citing that the rights of regular gun owners may be put in jeopardy due to a misunderstanding. But the law did go into effect in 2016. So that's a good step forward in the right direction. Yes. Yeah, so we read the manifesto and obviously after uh, on the day of retribution, he didn't write in it because he was out killing people. So this is what happened after the manifesto. Roger began his attacks at his apartment on Savelle Road, where three men were found dead inside. Each victim had received multiple stab wounds and had all been killed approximately three hours before the shooting spree. Their bodies were found at 1 a.m. following the shootings. They were identified as Roger's roommates, Waihan Wang and Chang Hong. And if all of a sudden you turned into Elmer Fudd there. I knew you were going to point that out. It's so much easier to just go past it than point it out, but you got to point it out every time. It's like a road bump when I read. Um, and another person named George Chen. Faint bloodstains in the main hallway of the apartment indicate at least one of the victims had been attacked as he entered the apartment. Authorities later said that the presence of a blood-soaked bath towel and paper towels in the bathroom suggests Roger had attempted to clean the hallway after each murder. The bodies of Wang and Hong were found in their shared bedroom, whereas Chen's body was found in the bathroom. The positioning of the bodies suggests each victim had entered the apartment separately before being murdered and that Roger had made efforts to conceal the bodies of the first two victims by covering them with blankets, towels, and clothing. Police removed a knife, a hammer, and two machetes from the apartment, but later determined that the two knives recovered from a backpack found in Roger's car were the weapons used to kill the apartment victims. Less than two hours preceding the shooting spree, Rogers went to a Starbucks coffee shop where he purchased some coffee. He was later seen sitting in his car in the parking lot of his apartment building at about 8.30 p.m., Working on his laptop, he uploaded the retribution video at 9.17 p.m. and sent his manifesto email at 9.18 p.m. Roger drove to the Alpha Phi sorority house at Embarcado del Norte and Segovia Road near the University of California, Santa Barbara. He knocked on the sorority house door for a few minutes. After no one answered, he began shooting people who were nearby. His first shot... He first shot three Delta 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 sorority sisters, killing two of them and wounding the third. After responding, sheriff's deputies and nearby pedestrians ran to the victims and tried to tend to their wounds before ambulance arrived. After returning to his car, Roger drove two blocks onto Pardal Road and fired once at a coffee shop as he went eastbound. The shop was closed and unoccupied at the time, and no one was injured by the gunshot. He then arrived at the... El Isla Vista Deli Mart and fired several gunshots into the building, fatally shooting a student inside. His car was seen leaving the scene by four responding foot patrol officers, but they did not identify him as the shooter, and he escaped without incident. Roger drove south on Embarcaro del Norte on the wrong side of the street, striking a pedestrian crossing the street and firing at two others on the sidewalk, but missing both. Embarcado del Norte curves near a 7-Eleven convenience store forming The Loop, where he continued firing, hitting a couple exiting a pizzeria and then a female bicyclist. He drove north on El Embarcadero and shot at, at and missed a woman. Turning east on Del Playa Drive, then made a U-turn and drove west where he exchanged fire with a, shep, a sheriff's deputy who was responding to a 927-911 call and struck two pedestrians. Students at the 
Isla Vista Church on Del Playa near Camino del Sur were finishing a, uh, a worship service at the time and heard gunfire. Tur turning north on Camino del Sur, Roger shot and wounded three people at Sabado Tarde, uh, Sabado Tarde, and also struck a skateboarder and two bicyclists with his car. Turning east on Sabado Tarde, he struck a skateboarder with his car and shot two other men at the intersection with Camino Pasadero. All these fucking Spanish names. Fuck, what the fuck, dude? Is it like all Spanish shit in that in California? Like, I can't pronounce any of this. On, on, <laughs> that's what I'm getting angry about. Not all the murders. I'm getting angry about not being able to pronounce the yeah, names. Yeah, really. Really. On Sabado Tarde... Get your priorities straight, yeah, bro. Yeah, really. Bro. <laughs> on Sabado Tarde, near Little a Acorn Park, he, began, uh, he again exchanged gunfire, this time with three sheriff's deputies, and was shot in the left hip. Pursued by police, he turned a second time on El Encambiardo, then west again on Del Playa. He struck a bicyclist, then crashed on the north sidewalk just east of the in intersection of Del Playa and whatever. At 9.35, police found Roger dead inside his vehicle from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. He killed a total of six other people and wounded 14 others. Now, for, for example... Um the on February 18, 2015, autopsy reports for all six slain victims were released by the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office as part of a 64-page final investigative summary report. Uh, Wian Wang suffered a total of 15 stab wounds and 23 incision wounds to the head, neck, chest, back, and both arms and hands. Cheng Yuan Hong suffered a total of 25 stab wounds and 12 incision wounds to the head, neck, chest, back, and both arms and hands. George Chen suffered a total of 94 stab wounds and 11 incision wounds directed to the head, neck, chest, back, and both arms and hands. Catherine Cooper was shot eight times, including once on the left side of the head. Veronica Weiss was shot seven times in the chest and the lower pelvic area. And Christopher Michaels Martinez was shot once in the chest. So, like most of these killings, straight up overkill. Now, he didn't... It doesn't seem like he really followed his manifesto to the letter. Well, it just was a random shooting. He spree. wasn't able to get into that sorority that he wanted to. He wanted that one specific sorority because, quote, it had the yeah. most amount of beautiful blonde women who went there. Well, yeah, he's actually quoted here um, from his manifesto, I think, where he wrote in his manifesto of his plan to invade a sorority house, which he concluded symbolized the world that tortured him. Beautiful woman who he believed would have rejected him. He wrote, I will slaughter every single spoiled, stuck-up, blonde slut I see inside there. All those girls I've desired so much, they've all rejected me and looked down on me as an inferior man. But when Roger was unable to gain access to the sorority house after a vigorous knocking, as he mentions, you know, vigorously knocked on the door and they didn't, they didn't answer. He improvised and started opening fire on nearby female students. Can you imagine, like, if they if they hadn't had like a better security system yeah. in place, and he was able to gain access, it would have been more Holy than seven shit. people, probably. Oh yeah. So um, police investigated Definitely. a total of seventeen crime scenes. 
A search of Roger's car recovered three pistols. That's my printer in the background printing out trivia slips. Sorry if you hear that. Um, <laughs> the two knives used to kill the three men at the apartment, six empty 10-round magazines, and 548 rounds of unspent ammunition, all found in 10-round magazines or ammunition boxes. A total of 83 spent uh, shell castings or casings were recovered from the crime scene, 55 of which were fired from Roger and the remaining 28 from sheriff's deputies. Roger purchased the 9mm guns illegally in three different cities. Santa Barbara County Sheriff Officer uh, Bill Brown said that there was video and written evidence suggesting the crime was premeditated, oh, duh, and that preparations took over a year. Officers from the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives began searches of the separate homes of Roger's mother and father in Los Angeles. Oh, so now you search. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know, now they have reason to. Before, it's like, you know, I don't know. Well, they would have if they watched the fucking the whole video that they didn't even bother to watch. wasn't in place or whatever. Um, the media later reported the frantic attempt by Roger's parents to intervene on the evening of the killings. After receiving a copy of the manifesto, Roger's therapist phoned his mother. She checked his YouTube channel where she found the, quote, retribution video that he had uploaded minutes earlier. She called Roger's father regarding the disturbing video. He was horrified when he watched the full video. Roger's father, his current wife, and Roger's mother all started frantically driving from Los Angeles to Santa Barbara in two separate cars. During the drive, they called police in Isla Vista and they arranged to meet them upon arrival. Hearing a radio news report of a shooting in Isla Vista, his mother called the therapist who told her it was unrelated, saying that Roger promised the act... Uh, the following day, and it would be unlike him to deviate from such details. In Isla Vista, they learned from police that the news report was, in fact, about their son, and that he had killed Ugh. six people and was dead himself. Just just how, I mean, I'm just imagining, like, that's just, that's so devastating as a parent. Not only are you losing your, your, your child, but your, your, your whole memory of your child is, is forever tainted. Like, it, I don't know how you could really look at it and be like, you know, he wasn't anything other than a monster. Yeah, yeah, I know. A month after the rampage, the parents of the stabbing victims expressed anger and frustration about multiple aspects of the case, including the failure of police to take preventative action yep. before the attack, the limited amount of information that the authorities had released about their children's murders, more public interest in Roger than in the victims, and perceived emphasis on the rights of the mentally ill over the rights of the victims. On March 2nd, 2015, the families of the three stabbing victims filed a federal lawsuit against the county, uh, the county, the sheriff's department, the apartment building, and the property manager. The wrongful death suit alleged that the defendants failed to recognize warning signs and take action to prevent the tragedy. On February 18th, 2015, the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office released a 64-page final investigative summary mm. report of the killings. So... He, uh, he ultimately, his actions ended up being a beacon for similar uh, individuals who had this uh, same fucked up mindset. And there is something to be said about the media and how when these horrible crimes happen, the media does put these individuals, their manifestos, their mindset their actions on blast and really puts a uh, it really validates the spotlight it, it validates on them. the god uh, complex that they want you know to other yes. people 
to other so, fucked up individuals. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I really can be the god or, or the. It's a problem. Yeah, I think the media has uh, has a stake in in some of these horrible crimes because of because of this. And I understand that's just the nature of news, but maybe find a different way. Like, just don't even don't don't even get say who it is. Like, don't don't even mention them. Well, I found out. Don't even do any of I that. I found shit. out in New Zealand you know? it's illegal for the media to 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 uh, give the name of uh of of the killers in like these mass. You know, shootings. I think that's you know I I get why some people would like to know that, but maybe like just people who are in the know, like the family and the and the and the and the victims. You know the victims' families, and you know that kind of thing. Doesn't need to be public knowledge. It doesn't need. That's not necessary. Uh, and, and if you want to do that for other crimes, okay, maybe. But like when it comes to this kind of thing, no, just don't even say who it I'd is. Say so then they don't have any make, power. Make the information available for those who want to seek it out, but don't, yes. but don't willingly and readily plaster it all over the media. So just your average Joe schmo who isn't like say. Because there's a lot of true crime fans out there, and I do feel like yeah. that information should be available for people. Yes, it should be available because we wouldn't be able to do this yeah, without it. it but yeah, yeah. But, but like to plaster it on all on the news, so the average person who doesn't even care about true crime and stuff like that, that that even they know who this person is, or the person who's the incel, you know, the incel, yeah, yeah, exactly, you know, the, the incel who, who has know. no interest in true crime and would normally not know who Elliot Roger is, but because of the media plastering it for everyone and anyone to see now they know oh elliot roger and he did this horrible thing and wow look how and now everyone's sorry and now everyone's talking about it and the thing is is he didn't even accomplish what he said he was going to do it made no no in i mean yes he ruined the lives of like six families thought it was seven but i guess and and other and other people who were injured but in the in the grand scheme of things though he did he did 10% of what he wanted to do so he he was a failure even at that you know like he yeah. he's just a failure all around and uh you know it's it it's like for me yes but for the people who were inspired by you know what they saw in the media he wasn't a failure at all uh he uh, for example there was a facebook uh a, the new statesman actually posited that the manifesto may influence a new generation of involuntary celibates, incels. And the new statesman was correct. A Facebook post made by the suspect of the 2018 Toronto van attack, Alec Minasan, in which Roger is directly mentioned, seems to confirm this prediction. Private recruit Minasan Infantry 00010, wishing to speak to Sergeant 4chan, please. C232... 49161. The incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and the Stacys. All hail the Supreme Gentleman, Elliot Roger. Roger was also mentioned in an online post by Scott Paul Beerley, the perpetrator of the 2018 Tallahassee shooting, who wrote, I would like to send a message now to the adolescent adolescent males, adolescent, (laughs) adolescent males that are in this position. The situation, the disposition of Elliot Roger of not getting any no love, no nothing. Yeah. I mean, classic case as... Because you probably remember that case, right? You know, the sad thing is, this happened so much, I don't remember that case. You know? 
Because Scott Paul Beerley entered the hot yoga studio at 5.37 p.m. on November 2nd, 2018, shooting six people, resulting in the deaths of two women. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 awful, you know, and, and I guess my, my final thoughts, because we do got to wrap this up because I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, well, I need to eat. <laughs> I'm the hungry yeah, one. Now I'm, yeah, I'm getting kind of hungry myself, but... <laughs> I mean, my my final thoughts on this is we all have a hard time, you know, going or well, most of us. I shouldn't say we all because some people just skate through high school and junior high with no problems. But most of us have a difficult time in school and making friends and socializing. And you you just really have to take a look at a deep, hard, honest look at yourself and take a look in the mirror and be like, what? am I doing, you know, that, that is preventing me from getting what I want. And that's for anything in life. That's for a job. That's for anything. What, what am I doing? Because ultimately it, it, most of it falls on you. Some of it falls on other people. Some of it falls on circumstances that you can't control, but most of it falls on you. It's on you. And like me for my my case like i was butthurt about girls not being into me not talking to me for a long time but you know what i got eventually got instead of my anger going into the women my anger went into myself like you fucking fat fuck get your ass up get the fucking ice cream out your mouth get on the treadmill do whatever you have to do and I turned that anger inward and and bettered myself and changed myself and, um, you know, put effort into trying to build relationships with women the old fashioned way and actually talking to them and getting to know them and building a, a true friendship, not not uh, some thing where it's like, well, you give me sex and, you know, it's like a true no sex involved. I don't even care if we have sex. You know, I just, I just like being your friend. And then you know what? In a lot of those situations, I got a relationship out of it because you spend that time with someone. And yeah, it, it's like, like I say, I, I, I've said before, it's not. I have this uh, saying: it's a relationship. It's not a sex ship. Yeah, you know, if you don't build a, a, a relationship before, you know, you end up you know, having intercourse and things and like honestly, that. And honestly, one night stands are not as common as everyone thinks they are. No. Movies and pornography will fuck your yeah. mind up in that regard uh -huh. so bad. It will put so much false expectations in your head. And it's like, do people meet people at parties and hook up that night? Yes, that does happen. But it's not as common as the movies and the pornos. Porn mm. being one of the worst things that will fuck your mind up when it comes to uh, healthy relationships with women and this guy I can already tell you watched a lot of porn for him to be thinking this way and for him to be this passionate about his lack of sex you know because I mean how do you know you're even gonna it's even gonna feel good to you man I mean you know you might not even like it you know but it's like I feel like he just watched a shit ton of porno and just had these i mean there's a potential that he might have been confused in in terms of like uh which way he was swinging 
Why, why would you think that is pretty clear he was into chicks well i mean i mean in terms of like he's into chicks but like because they're not like you know because there's some some kind of some instances where like you don't really know until like later because like if he has asperger's like he could have like the slow development sort of thing so he doesn't really know exactly what's going on so he's just forcing his frustration on this and maybe there could be something lying uh, in the I surface that's not even thinking I don't think about. that's the case. But it's not I'm I'm just it's 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 a it's a theory. It's not it's not I, I don't think it's very likely. It's just some something I just kind of yeah. threw out. Oh, there. that's cool. That's so it. so anyway, my 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 final point is there's a fork in the road for everyone and most people don't go the Elliot Roger way. Most people you know, even if you are an incel, even if you are someone who can't get laid you're probably doing a whole lot better in life than this fucking loser who, I mean, if the guy had not killed a bunch of people, I wouldn't be ragging on this hard. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's bullying if Elliot Rogers never did anything and live, and tried to do his best in life. Yes, then that's bullying. But when the guy ends up killing people and acting out no it's giving him what he deserves that's what he should be remembered for like i but agree then, with uh, but then I f there's a video that mr medicor did on, on uh youtube where he made this argument that these fucking dipshits you know these uh losers you know these assholes they should not be remembered you know there's there shouldn't be sympathy there shouldn't be any of this it should they should be remembered as just laughable just complete and total fucking jokes and you know what i i, I think that's not, that's not necessarily a bad uh you know it, it comes across as heartless but when you fucking shoot a bunch of people i'm sorry like i'm not really gonna oh man poor elliot roger no th that goes out the window it's like dude bullying fucking happens and it's not right but when you start acting out as a result of the bullet bullying and you're starting to throw coffee on people and you're starting to do these little things that's that's not the right way to process he ultimately it. turned into the ultimate bully yeah well i mean a, a, a bully it. isn't going to take your life a bully is just going no, to troll I'm, you. A real life trolling is essentially what that is. Well, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, that, that's kind of all the time I have. Do you have any kind of final thoughts on this? Please make it brief if you do, because <laughs> I know you have a tendency <laughs> to ramble. I, 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 I don't really have a lot, any final thoughts. I've pretty much said my piece. Uh, he's a fucking dipshit. He's a fuck up. He didn't even, like you said, he didn't even really accomplish the majority of his plan. So uh, he didn't even succeed in that. So he didn't really succeed in his goal of getting laid, and he didn't succeed in his final retribution either. And uh, it, it, it's a, it, it, it's some, it's a, it really this case. I feel this could have been easily prevented, like if the laws were different and there was that red flag thing, and the police actually bothered to, I don't know, move forward with it. It seems like pretty. The fact that they're like, a lot of these other police departments are like, no, you know, we don't have to do that. I, I think that's a little close-minded and seems a little uh, way too stubborn. Like, oh, I didn't have to watch that YouTube video. Like, we, we didn't need to do that. Or we didn't need to do this extra research. Like, maybe, you know, maybe you might consider doing that. Well, it would take a lot of time. It would not take that much time to watch a YouTube video and do a database search on guns. Like, it's not it really, I don't buy that. I'm sorry. So, I do feel that 
you know, law enforcement is not entirely to blame for this, but I think they also t- that share some blame for, you know, not going the extra mile, like, especially when there's all these red flags. And then you got, I mean, I, thankfully, I feel like it kind of starts with the parents, though, too. I mean, it does start with the parents, but I, they, they did their, you know, they saw the manifesto, they saw all of these things, and they went to... The authorities. Yeah, it's it's one of those ha- weird situations. What else could the parents do? In that I mean, instance? ultimate ultimately, I mean, it's this kid's fault, a hundred percent. You know, but well, well, I mean, but the, you 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 have yeah. a tendency to want to be like, you know, could more have been done? But really, at the end of the day, this kid was just off the off the hinges. He was uh, he was off the hinges, and he was crazy. But I I, I do feel that it, it could have been prevented. That's my thing. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that I'm blaming law enforcement entirely for these crimes, but it's one of those things where maybe if they did do a little bit more, then this would have never happened. And there are other instances like this where this would not have happened. And, but thankfully, you know, this, there is a, a, a silver lining, you know, amidst all this bloodshed because of the fact that it did bring to light that things really did need to be changed in terms of how how these type of situations are handled so uh it's one of those things where yeah what he did was horrible and horrific and awful and it really does point out that how crazy it is that we only get like change in 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 laws and other things like that when something like tragic and just horrible happens it's like can we do can we can we make progress can we make changes for the better before any of that shit happens why do we have to wait to make changes after people have already lost their lives or got injured or uh you know other sort of uh, things have happened to other people yeah i mean it's just that's just a problem all right uh just like elliot roger yeah he was a problem he was don't be an elliot roger folks and with that i hope you enjoyed this week's episode uh i feel like it was like a thousand times better than last week's episode where i was tired and hungry and just probably hung over um please follow us on uh uh well we we have our uh fan group which is just go to face i thought you were gonna say Instagram. yeah i don't know <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Uh, go to facebook and search uncovering explained mysteries you can join our group on there there's a lot of cool stuff if you're into show unsolved mysteries which we will get back to eventually in fact next week i want to talk about brushy bill that was the case i want to talk about there's some other stuff i want to talk about some other segments that we haven't talked about yet uh, you can find me and Mike separately, but equally on, uh, and entertainingly, I should say, on YouTube. Mike is youtube.com slash OCP communications. He does movie reviews. We don't have time to ask you what movie you reviewed, unfortunately. I'll just say it. It was us. Okay. Oh, it, this is us. All right. Yeah. A lot of people have been. <laughs> no, us. Not this is us. That's the TV show. Is that the one people have been raving about? Us? Yeah. Yeah. Lately, a yeah. lot of my friends are like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want a controversial opinion go over to mike's channel check that out my channel is youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts um last video i have out is woodstock 50th uh, anniversary's lackluster lineup got a lot of people weighing in on that on my video a lot of people saying uh yeah i agree and some people some people out there saying oh you're full of shit you're old old man you sound like a grandpa or yeah. whatever so Go uh-huh. and check that out. Uh, you can consider contributing to us on Patreon. You'll get this podcast really early this week since we're doing this on Thursday, and I'm not going to post until Monday for everyone else. Um, yeah, and with all that, have a good rest of your week. Goodbye. Don't cry and don't die. See ya. 
Ladies and gentlemen, my new album, Hex, is finally available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else where music can be found. Also, we still have our special edition physical CD available at bandcamp.com. Check the link in the description of this podcast. Now enjoy some of the samples from my new CD. podcast world is growing bigger every day and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they are adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store and download Himalaya. That's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A. And don't forget to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. 